0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Locked on Badgers. A uh, bit of a therapeutic show today on Locked On. A, a little bit of pain is going to be intertwined into this thing. We're going to talk Ohio State. Why can't we ever flip and beat them? How big's the gap and where are the biggest areas we need to close that gap to at least occasionally knock off the Buckeyes? Uh, we're going to talk the three most painful losses to the Buckeyes in recent recent history. As I said, it's a bit of a painful show, but listen, part of this Badger community Um, This is a therapeutic thing. It's a safe space. Let's talk it out. You are locked on Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's good, everybody? Ryan Herring's your host of Locked On Badgers. Thank you again for making Locked On your first listen every single day. Um, if you're tuning in on podcasts, guys, I really appreciate y'all tuning in and listening, being loyal, uh, very repeat, uh, repeat listeners. Guys, it means a ton. If you're checking this out on YouTube, welcome to the show. I say this all the time, guys, but I say it because I sincerely and truthfully mean it. Anybody choosing to spend a little bit of their time with us on this channel, talking badgers, leaving comments, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart um we are over 100 subscribers we passed that mark a while ago and while that may not seem like a lot to big shows to me it's incredible it's humbling thank you guys so much as we build this badger community we're going to try to get more and more voices on and it really is all about that Uh, just building the community guys having more unique badger voices having more discourse having more opinions so thank you again so much for for everyone tuning in wherever you are and however you found us thank you for making this the first listen every day for all your badger coverage and now let's get into it. Listen, I, I talked about it at the jump. This is going to be a bit of a painful one, but I think this is an important discussion to have. Ohio State's the big dog in the Big Ten. And let's just jump it off with the, the first segment, the overview of this. We're 1-12. Wisconsin is 1-12 in the last 13 games against Ohio State. That's not good, guys. They've lost eight in a row, right? So we're 0-8 in our last eight, 1-12 in our last 13. And some of those games, and we've lost games in a myriad of ways. You know, a five of these games have been one score games, which frankly, there's an element of luck in low scoring games, right? That that is something that happens. If you lose five straight one score games to a team, eventually you would just assume a tipped pass or a blocked field goal goes a different way, but it hasn't. And you know, three of these games have been blowouts, three of these games have been in the Big Ten Championship game. So, you know, there's a lot to unpack just there. Only two of the last uh, eight games have been in Madison, which isn't that unusual really when you consider three of the games have been Big Ten title games and they've been in Indianapolis, right? So you've had three in Columbus, two in Madison, and three in Indianapolis neutral site. Um, You know, but I, I think this is an important discussion because at the end of the day, other teams in the the big 10 have fared better teams that I would consider aren't as good as Wisconsin or haven't been as consistently good as Wisconsin have fared better against Ohio state than Wisconsin has. And you look back at again, the, the eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years playing Ohio state has become soul sucking for me. Right. And I just, to to give you guys the, the, the picture of who I am as a fan, I'm an optimistic fan at heart. I'm the type of guy who, is always thinking in my head in the middle of a game when we're down fourteen, when we're down twenty-one, of a scenario. Let's get the score here. Quick touchdown, onside kick. We got a timeout left. Like I, I'm an optimistic fan at heart. I really am. But playing Ohio State lately, I, it's just always felt like it. There's not enough gas in the tank for Wisconsin. The analogy I always use, and this is, uh, this is playing Ohio State. This is my. This is how it, it started to feel. It's like a dam right, on a river that is flooding. And this dam is just doing everything they can to hang on, right? You're patching it with mud. It's overflowing in an area, and the villagers are coming in, and they're stacking up sticks. And and frantically, this dam is trying to hang on, but the water just keeps coming. And after a certain point, it just always feels like no matter how much you reinforce that dam, you can't hold that water back for four quarters. And that's what Plain Ohio State feels like. Wisconsin has to be so perfect recently to beat them that Ohio State doesn't have to play a perfect game. You know, we're going to get into some of the games Wisconsin's lost to Ohio State in this recent stretch where, you know, statistically Wisconsin's, I don't want to say whooped them, but there's a game where Wisconsin lost to Ohio State where Ohio State threw for 89 passing yards and Wisconsin threw for 250, right? Like, but Ohio State has so many X factors and so many athletes. And so, frankly, I think they've had a coaching advantage as well, which I want to unpack a little bit in this first segment, but... Wisconsin just everywhere it feels like they have to be so perfect to be Ohio State. And in the next segment, we're going to get into some of the spots where that the numbers really bear that out. But I want to talk about coaching too. I, I think there is almost a conservative I, – I want to say – so Paul Christ at his core is a conservative guy. It, he, he would rather – we've all seen and we've talked about it. He's a guy who will more often than not punt from – Wisconsin, the Wisconsin 38 yard line on a short yardage to, to pin a guy whereas you know Ryan Day um you know certainly Ohio State's philosophy is to go for it there. So not only have they been the 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 better team the deeper team the more explosive team, but it feels like their coaching staff also pushes that envelope and it all works together whereas I think we go into big games too often, Paul Christ and this staff and I'm a I'm a fan of Paul Christ in general. I, I wouldn't trade him as a coach. I think he's done incredibly well. The win-loss record back that up. But I would say one of the areas where I think he needs to get better is his conservative nature in big games where, frankly, Wisconsin has to come up with a couple breaks. They have to make a couple 50-50 plays. You know, they have to extend a couple drives. I, I think it hurts Wisconsin. I think that conservative nature probably helps against Iowa. It probably helps against Purdue. It probably helps against – you know, teams at Wisconsin's level or a little bit below, but playing Ohio State, th- there's situations where you have to go for it. You have to pull something out of the hat. You know, the less miles fake punt that that those kind of those plays where you you need to empty it a little bit more. And I don't think Paul Christ has done that against Ohio State. I don't think this coaching staff has done that against Ohio State. And they try to almost bully ball Ohio State and and just beat them. From a of a player execution standpoint, and how seats too good for it. They just straight up are too good for it. So I don't know, guys. It, it's frustrating to me. What spurred this conversation and why I wanted to talk about it is we were doing the over-under show, right? Wisconsin set at 8.5. And you know, I got through week one, week two, week three, and I got to week four. At Ohio State. I'm just like, that's a loss. And it, it stinks that I don't even think about it, right? I don't even come up in my as an optimistic fan. I don't even come up in my head with scenarios we're like, yeah, no, I think they could maybe if they do this and do this. No, I'm just like, no, that's a loss. Yep. They're going to lose in Columbus. And they are, I, listen, they're going to, right. But Wisconsin has been such a good team and we've been so consistent that we sh- there should be no game on the schedule where we just mark up as auto losses. Certainly there's games on the schedule where we say, yeah, I think we lose that game. Um, but to just get to, we've gotten to a point where almost Ohio State's an auto loss. And that's why I wanted to have this talk because that feels wrong, but it also feels like that's the the world we're living in right now. Um, so I, that's why I want to have this talk. I really want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I would love to have some exchanges and, you know, see your comments. Let me know if you think I'm wrong, right, why we're so far away. I'm going to get into some of my reasons in the next segment, and then we're going to finish up with the, the most painful to me, Three most painful Iowa State losses in recent history in this this eight game losing streak. So I'll see what you guys have for that as well. Um, all that's coming up on the show first today's show is brought to you by Bill Bar. Excuse me, I talk about Bill Bar all the time, and I have two new boxes of it on top of my refrigerator. I've got the churro and I've got the the birthday cake puffs. So this is not just something where I come on here, I read some boring ad script. I'm telling you right now, I promise to you, I use this these 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 bars all the time. I had two of them today my kids love them and they're not you know they're not workout junkies they just think they taste like candy bars and they do quite frankly the the flavors are delicious 100% pure chocolate up to 20 grams of protein per bar so you're getting something to fuel your body fuel your muscles get you through the day and it tastes good it's not like cardboard like a lot of the protein bars that are out there you're actually getting something that your body is going to use for for real nutritional fuel but you like it it's like a life hack, guys. So listen, I, I promise you, go to Built.com. Go to the website. You're going to love these things. The flavors are incredible. Everything's 100% pure chocolate. Um, go to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off Bilt.com. You're not going to regret it. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Thank you guys again for making Lockdown Badges your first listen every day. Appreciate you all so so much. Uh, when you're done here, check out Locked On Sports, the biggest sports stories of the day, kind of like a big modern version of Sports Center, uh, instant reactions, big game recaps, take of the day. Wherever you get podcasts on the uh, on the Adas app. Sorry about that. Um, YouTube as well. All right, let's get into the next segment. I wanted to talk about. We mentioned this. I wanted to jump into where where really the biggest gaps are here it's it's easy it's obvious to say Ohio State's better across the board they're they're one of the premier programs in college football obviously but Wisconsin I think is can match them at linebacker Wisconsin it does I'll just say it no Wisconsin matches or exceeds them at linebacker talent especially recently I don't even think that's debatable um running backs tight ends uh offensive line you know there's a lot of areas where there's not a gap and if there is, the gap might actually be in the favor of Wisconsin. You know, I, I would even argue no, listen, defensive line is weird. Wisconsin doesn't have the Bosa brothers. You know, they they certainly don't have um the the other name's escaping me right now, who went to the the Washington football team with the the top the second pick. Uh, but you know Wisconsin doesn't have those dudes, but Wisconsin's defense line is super solid. Wisconsin takes a backseat to Ohio State, but I, I don't think Wisconsin's defense line is the reason they're losing these games. It comes down to three positions, guys. Three positions. The first one's obvious. It's quarterback. I mean, that's the elephant in the room. I'm not surprising anybody by this. You look at the names, you, you know, it. it's almost like a Game 7 in baseball. And I don't know who my baseball fans on this podcast are, but it's almost like a Game 7 in baseball. And the opposing team is sending out prime Randy Johnson, prime Pedro Martinez, right? And you're sending out Chris Capuano. That's what it feels like at times lining our quarterback play up against what Ohio State has. You know, you look at their their players, they trotted out against us, and no wonder we haven't beat them. You know, it's Braxton Miller, it's JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, Dwayne Haskins, CJ Stroud, Troy Smith. Like, these guys are all like superstar college quarterbacks. And we just haven't, at best, we've thrown Alex Hornibrook at them, Jack Cohn at them. It, it doesn't match up, guys. And we know that. Um, Is the gap closing there? No, you know, obviously Graham Mertz was the the guy that was going to help specifically close the gap on the elite programs because we didn't need uh, a Graham Mertz to beat Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois, Rutgers, Maryland, etc, etc. We needed a Graham Mertz, a four star banner quarterback to come in and beat Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, those kind of schools. And it just hasn't happened yet. The book isn't written on him we talked about Mertz a lot on this show. The book is not written. It could still happen. The light can still go on. So, But until it does, that gap is there. The other one that I want to talk about, and this is the one that I think is – because, the, listen, the quarterback thing is what it is. I, we all know that. Every Wisconsin fan knows the quarterback play hasn't been good enough. Every college football fan knows the Ohio State quarterback play has been elite. Right? That's, that's not really a new talking point. But really the other big gap – when you think of the hardest positions to recruit, Wisconsin, I'll give everyone like a couple seconds in their head to think about what they are. Right, it's quarterback, and then it's probably cornerback, and then maybe receiver. Right, I mean those are really the three positions Wisconsin has really struggled landing elite talent, getting elite talents to the NFL, having elite difference makers. I'm going to give you a couple numbers, and this is staggering. Okay, absolutely staggering. The quarterback plays aside, we talked about quarterback. That's that's the biggest single differentiator in the Ohio State-Wisconsin, you know, rivalry. But the other one is, is the cornerback-slash-receiver play. Here, here's the numbers. Ohio State, since 2010, again, that's that's when this Ohio State A-game winning streak started, okay? Since that that point, Ohio State's had 12 receivers drafted and 18 defensive backs. Okay, since 2010, 12 receivers, 18 defensive backs, 30 skilled dudes they put into the NFL. Wisconsin's had eight. Three receivers, five defensive backs. 30 to eight in NFL skill guys at receiver and cornerback or receiver and defensive back since 2010. That's it. Like, as here's the thing, guys, as football and college football have shifted into more of a passing game, as it's shifted into more basketball and grass, the, the difference makers in those areas, quarterback receiver and cor- and defensive back have overwhelmingly been in Ohio state's favor. That's why we haven't been able to beat them. And before anybody says, well, yeah, that's true for everybody in the Big Ten, Ryan. Everybody in the Big Ten hasn't produced receivers and defensive backs like, like Ohio State. Yeah, 100% agree. However, Wisconsin's kind of at the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten in those areas, okay? It's it's not like everybody in the Big Ten has produced eight in the last 12 years and Ohio State's produced 30. Iowa, for example, has 11 defensive backs drafted in that time period, Okay. Now we're talking about 11. Iowa's had 11 guys drafted from the defensive secondary in the last 12 years. Wisconsin's had five. They doubled us up. You know, you look at Purdue's receivers. Indiana's had some really good receivers. Um, The the point I'm making here is Wisconsin does not have to match the skill talent that Ohio State's putting in the NFL because, quite frankly, that's impossible for Wisconsin. They're not going to do it, and it shouldn't be the standard. But they have to at least be producing – Skill level, talent at Iowa's level, at Purdue's level, right? If you if you can close that gap, and then some of then some of those close games that we talked about earlier, where you need a bit of a bounce, where you need a bit a little bit of luck, if you can at least close the gap and have you're never going to have that secondary at Wisconsin where four dudes are going to the NFL like I was saying, but can you have a couple? Can you can you cover a little longer and allow those elite Wisconsin front sevens to go to work? That's the thing, guys. It comes down to improving and at least closing the gap a little bit at those, those key passing position spots, right? Quarterback receiver, defensive backfield, Wisconsin has to get better. And that's been the big differentiator. That's it. That's why we've seen when Ohio state needs to make a big play, they can throw it up and the receivers can go and get it. And when Wisconsin has to do it, Alex Horniburg goes 19 of 40. That, that's the difference, you know? So can, is it changing? I think that's the next question. Um, I really like the receiving re- receiver recruiting we've done recently. The last couple cycles of receivers, I, I'm much higher on than what we brought in the previous couple years. So I'm not sure on defensive back. But receiver, yeah. I really like the direction we're headed with Marcus Allen and Chimbrae. Um, I like Skylar Bell a lot. I like Tommy McIntosh. I like Vinny Anthony. So, yeah, I think a I think receiver we're closing the gap a little bit. The defensive backfield, I mean, we brought in four transfers this year. So are we closing the gap there? I'm not sure. And maybe that's – by the way, maybe that's a recipe. Like maybe Wisconsin, to close that gap, has to be more aggressive in the portal, specifically in the defensive backfield. And that, that might be a way to close it. So, guys, that's, that's where I think the gap is. Like I said, it's going to be impossible to beat Ohio State if they're putting out 30 skill players – at defensive back and receiver in a time period where Wisconsin's point out eight. So to close that gap, Wisconsin has to recruit and develop better in those two spots. Until it happens, I don't see the streak ending, guys. That's just the long and short of it. Um, coming up, we're gonna get into the uh if you're still with me and kudos to you. Please take this journey with me because I it pains me to talk about some of these games. We're gonna talk about the three most personally, for me personally, uh the three most painful losses to Iowa State in this recent stretch of of terribleness. So stick with me there, help me cope, let me know where I'm wrong. Um, today's show is also brought to you by the following sponsors. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, thank you again for making Lockdown Badgers your first listen every single day. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't just say that, I mean that. Uh, let's talk about it. So I broke out what I consider for me personally the three most painful nausea-inducing uh, Ohio State wins over Wisconsin since 2010, um, really since this, this streak started, so 2011 and on. Um, this is not easy because they all kind of hurt. There's a couple overtime games mixed in, a couple games in Madison, three games in Indy, a couple blowouts. None of them were fun, guys, and I sat through all of them. I have this philosophy. I don't know where you guys are, are, are at on this, I don't I, I feel like I need to watch games all the way through even even horrid, horrid blowouts I, I have to watch for the full 60 minutes. I don't know why um, it's maybe because for when Wisconsin crushes somebody I, I watch the whole thing so I feel like I owe it to the team or myself or something to to watch when they're getting crushed like the inverse is true uh, but let's get into it again, this is just my list this isn't the right list. this is just mine so leave a comment below. Leave a comment uh, on Twitter. Let me know if you think I'm wrong or if I left a, a loss off that was more painful or if I got this order wrong. All right, coming in at number three. The number three most painful loss to Iowa State in recent history, the 2011 loss, uh, Wisconsin loses 33-29. to 29. Now, this this game wasn't a big loss in the, the national perspective sense. This was the Russell Wilson team. We were coming off that gut-wrenching loss to, to Michigan State on the Hail Mary um Ohio State wasn't that good this year it was in Madison Ohio State actually threw for 89 passing yards right um it was Braxton Miller Russell Wilson threw for 250 we lost Here's here's the part about this game that absolutely kills me and I I, I had a user in the comments bring this up David Johns uh, also brought this up on my YouTube channel from a previous show one of my my really good childhood friends by the way I, I love that he's able to watch his show once in a while the point that is so painful, this is this is really the only time in recent history where you could really say Wisconsin was way better. Wisconsin was better. This was a that great Wisconsin team, that great offense, right? You know, uh with, with Aberderis and Toon and Russell Wilson and a great offensive line. And they lost at home to a kind of a mediocre, not real good Ohio State team, and that just stinks. Like you're going to lose all those games to Ohio State when they're clearly better and they have 17 first-round picks. To lose when at home when you not only were better, but you had a lead towards the end of a game, you were up 29-26, Ohio State got the ball back with like a minute 20 and ended up hitting not a Hail Mary, but kind of a a long last-ditch throw to win. Ugh, brutal, man. Absolutely brutal. Brutal because Wisconsin was better, brutal because Russell Wilson was on the team. Brutal because that might be the last time we have the quarterback advantage. Brutal because we were at home. Brutal because we had a last last like minute lead. Um, just brutal. I, I I never have gotten that taste out of my mouth from that game. Um, and listen, that team, that Wisconsin team was flawed defensively, but man, you you got to take care of business against Ohio State when you're at home and you're actually randomly have the better team. You have the better quarterback, so that one hurt. Let's go to number two, and I, I feel like this is going to be the biggest point of contention from people. I feel like my number two is going to be number one for most Badger fans, and I'm cool with that. Again, this is just my opinion. I Number two to me is the, the 2017 uh, Big Ten title game where we lost 27-21. Uh, to 21. The implications on this game were huge, right? Excuse me. No other game in this recent Ohio State history were the implications larger. Wisconsin came into that Big Ten title game ranked number four in the College Football Playoffs. Essentially, you win that, and Wisconsin's headed to the playoffs with, with an incredibly stingy defense and a, a good offense, great running game. Um, Jonathan Taylor's on that team. The defense was awesome. And they lost. They lost, and they had the ball. So it was 27 21. Wisconsin got the ball back in the fourth quarter with about two and a half minutes left. You know, Drew. Where we was able to pick up a couple first downs. There was a third down play where Ohio State defensive back was mugging Wisconsin receiver. No flag was thrown. Just brutal non-call in that situation. But to to put that in context, Wisconsin had the ball in a one-score game in the fourth quarter, and if they drive and score a touchdown, they're heading to the playoffs potentially. I mean, as long as they can stop Ohio State on on Ohio State's subsequent drive, but it doesn't get bigger than that, right? They were they were a drive. They were 80 yards from going to the playoffs. So. That was a heart-wrenching loss for me, guys. Absolutely heart-wrenching. Real painful. Um, It was awesome in the lead-up to that game to see Wisconsin in the playoff commercials. Like, you know, all the graphics and everything to see Bucky Badger in there. And you start to dream on it. You start to think, man, like, this could be it. And when are you ever going to get back to that moment as Wisconsin? It may never happen. That might be as close as Wisconsin ever gets. Well, they're going to expand the playoffs. That's going to change the equation. But they were so close. They were in that game. They had the ball late. Um, the, the problem with that game for me was the entire game felt like Ohio State was better. It just did. Alex Hornibrook was 19 of 41. I believe it was, you know, um, Jonathan Taylor didn't run well. Ohio State moved the ball pretty well. The entire game, they ran the ball, uh, effectively on the ground. If not for a couple awesome out, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle plays, he had a, a pick and a, a strip, you know, the pick was a pick six, um, Wisconsin's probably not in that game. So I, I came out of it feeling like Wisconsin was kind of lucky to be in the situa- situation they were in, only down one score. But still, like that's a heart-wrenching loss with that much on the line, guys. And that brings us to the one um, 59-0, 2014 Big Ten title game. Now, here's, here's where I think people are going to have a bone to pick with me, and it's a fair bone. It is, it is, it is a 100% fair contention. The 2017 title game meant way, way more than the 2014 game. Way more. However, losing 59 to nothing in a game in which you were favored. Remember, Wisconsin was favored in this game, right? Because JT Barrett was hurt and Cardell Jones had to start. He was the third stringer. Wisconsin was favored in this game and lost 59 to nothing. Think about that. Think about that. That has got to be one of the worst performances from a favorite in a college football championship game in the history of the sport. You almost have to lay over and die to lose 59 to nothing. And I'm not insinuating anything. I don't think the Badgers actually, the the players actually laid over and died, but to lose 59 to nothing, you have to be so bad in every aspect of a game that it was just brutal to watch. And again, some of this is a victim of myself. Like I I sat through that entire game, you know, I even coming out of halftime, I was trying to, in my head kind of, how can we get back into this? At least make it respectable where a glimmer of hope is there. It was so bad. It was so bad. Um, there's a couple quotes here I wanna read. Just Vince Beagle was talking about the game. He says, it's completely erased from my memory. To me in my mind, it's like that game never even happened. Obviously, Ohio State had a number that game, but I won't be able to tell you about it because I completely erased it from my memory. I wish I could do that, Vince. That is still lodged in my mandula oblongata. Um, and Dave Aranda talked about, you know, he's the defensive coordinator of that game. Uh, Gary Anderson was the head coach, and he obviously left in dramatic fashion essentially immediately after that. Dave Aranda said, after the game, I was in a daze. I never changed out of my coaching gear. I'm on the sideline. I'm walking to the fans, uh, blah, blah. They're celebrating. It was brutal. I get to the hotel where we're staying. I remember taking the escalator, riding up. I get to the very top. There's my family and my kids. I have two little girls and a boy. They all run up to me and they go, Papa, that was horrible. (laughs) Yeah. So I get, listen, if anybody wants to tell me the the 2017 uh, Big Ten Conference championship game hurt more because the implications, Absolutely. No, no argument here. I'm just telling you the physical impact my fan psyche took from a 59 or nothing pummeling. It hurts more because when you go into a Big Ten title game, like the entire week, you're excited for it, right? You're, I I plan out my food. Y'all, I'm an eater. Like, I put my food out in front of the TV for the game and I sit like, like people tell you that know me. I sit like a foot away from the TV on the ground. So I have a close view. I want to be like, in the stands. I have to be close to it. I have all my food laid out. And you know, the entire pregame, you're getting hyped. You're seeing the hype videos, the introduction videos, and then to get beat 59 to nothing with all that. It's like Christmas and you have everything lined up and you have the present and you think it's the PS five and you open it and it's loafers. And it's a level of disappointment. That is it's to this day is hard for me to quantify. It's hard for me to wrap my, my sports fandom around. So that's my three guys. Uh I, I don't know if anybody's even listening because I don't know if anybody out there as a Badger fan actually wants to talk about the the recent history with Iowa State. I hope somebody stuck with me. If not, I get it. I really do. This is almost self-therapy at this point. Let me know in the comments below, guys, if you disagree, you know, if you disagree with where the gap between the programs is. Can we close it? What are your three most painful Iowa State losses? Did I get my order wrong? As always. Thank you all so so much for for jumping on Locked On Badgers, listening on podcasts wherever you get those, or if you're on YouTube, I appreciate that as well for sure. Please, if you like the show, listen, uh, leave a subscription, or leave a leave a comment, subscribe, a review. It really does help the show, guys. It lets me know that I'm kind of giving you guys the content you want, and then let me know what you want more of. Um, again, trying to build a Badger community here. Coming up this week, I have a really interesting interview with a guy. You know, how, how do you get into maybe investing in Johnny Davis? Add it into your retirement portfolio. Really interesting discussion we're going to have on that. A couple more interviews coming up that I think you guys are going to really like, including a, a new Badger uh, player coming into the program this year. So we're going to keep giving you the content, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you for making Lockdown Badgers your first listen every single day.